Fierce competition from Australia's gaming industry seen growth in the sector wane here and key talent lost. The Game Developers Association says revenue grew by just 7% last year compared to 47% growth in the previous year. And the association says while it can partly be attributed to the end of the entertainment boom during the COVID-19 lockdowns, the impact of Australian tax incentives over the past two years is undeniable. From July 2022, qualifying developers across the ditch could secure rebates of up to 45 cents per dollar of eligible spend. For example, if they spent a million on game development, they could potentially get 450000 back. Last year, the government here announced a 20% tax rebate for the sector, with returns for the first year of the scheme likely to be processed or will be processed by this July. In a moment, Carl LaDuke, who is with the New Zealand Game Developers Association. Morning, Carl. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Let's begin, though, with uh, Mario Winans. Pickpock is a game developer and publisher that lost 17 senior staff to Australia last year. Mario Winans is its chief executive. Morning, Mario. Good morning. Tell us more about your business and the sorts of things Pickpock develops. Sure. Uh, well, we've been a, a game developer and publisher uh, based in Wellington for uh, coming up to 27 years now. Um, you know, uh, in the studio here locally, we uh, employ about 180 people um, and we make all sorts of games uh, for mobile phones, for consoles, for uh, PC and Mac, um, a lot of sports games, a lot of racing games, uh, all sorts of uh, things over the years. Okay, what's the situation you found yourself in as Aussie has ramped up the incentives? Yeah, it's definitely been uh, very challenging. You know, we, we've uh, faced, you know, incentives all over the world, uh, you know, over a number of years, but it hasn't really been much of an impact on our business uh, and, until those incentives really landed uh, in our backyard, so to speak. Uh, you know, coming off of uh, the, the back of uh, closed borders, uh, high competition for talent, high inflation, uh, the housing crisis that we had in the time, uh, you know, we were already facing uh, quite significant costs in terms of retaining staff. Uh, Australian studios were facing the same thing, uh, and the easiest way for them to solve their talent shortage was to leverage that incentive that they uh, they received to uh, to recruit in New Zealand. And, you know, they were very successful over the course of uh, the last couple of years. To be blunt, 45% is a hell of a rebate. And uh, I could think of any number of industries in the country who would be um, salivating at that. Was it ever realistic that New Zealand would match it? And if not, is 20% enough to allow you to fight back? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, you know, I, th- I think... The advantage uh, in Australia is that uh, there are incentives both at the federal and the state level, which kind of allows uh, a lot more flexibility from uh, from government and uh, and to tailor uh, their incentives uh, to the needs of a, a particular state. I think uh, obviously that's a, a huge gap to close, and uh, we certainly welcome the uh, the twenty percent that we've had here. Um, we are starting to see a difference. You know, um, the number of studios that are talking about moving entirely to 
Australia um, has dropped off significantly. We've seen the uh, the, the movement of talent from New Zealand to Australia slow down significantly. Uh, most studios are still waiting to uh, to be able to access uh, the rebate. I was going to say, Mario, was the government just too slow? Because I don't think I've seen a lobbying campaign like the one was held on behalf of the game industry. They, they started ringing bells about this a long time ago. And was the government, if it had just acted on this rebate, the previous government, a little bit earlier... Would that have made a difference? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've been working uh, and and lobbying government for uh, various reasons for over twenty years. So you know, it's been a long time coming. Um, look, you know, things could have happened faster. Maybe um, you know, I think the reality of the situation, some of the challenges that the government was facing at the the time. Uh, you know, uh, much bigger challenges than just the game industry with uh, some of the disasters that were, were had, the housing crisis, you know, coming out of, uh, out of COVID. Um, they were look, also spending know, we're a lot of money stimulating the economy, however, and trying to save jobs. Let, let's move on. Let, let's look to the future, okay? So tell me about your team and, and where they're based, because this is another issue. They're not all sitting in, in one city, right? So... As an example of how the industry works, can you describe a little bit a bit more about where your team is, uh, the skills they have, and how you manage an international team, Mario? Sure, sure. Well, um, in total, uh, Pickpock employs about uh, 215 people. Um, I mentioned about 180 are uh, here in Wellington. Uh, we have a, a Half a dozen or so scattered around uh, New Zealand. We have a couple of people uh, working remotely from places like Australia and uh, places as far away as Vietnam. Uh, and also uh, a couple of years ago, we acquired a studio in Medellin, Colombia, uh, that, uh, that we've since grown from the 19 people that uh, uh, we acquired initially uh, up to 35 people today. Um, in terms of you know the types of people we employ, um, you know obviously the, the sorts of people you would expect to be making video games in terms of artists, animators, uh, sound engineers, designers, um, programmers, um, and, and people to kind of project manage those things. Uh, but we also employ a you know a wider range of people as well, obviously, to make the business run. So uh, people to manage our marketing, our publishing, um, customer support, our HR, our IT support, our online services, our testing, um, you know. So we, we have people from a, a range of different backgrounds, a range of different skills. Um, you know, most are uh, based a, here. A lot of you. Yeah. Most are based most here. Most are based here currently, yes. So the 17 staff who moved to Australia, did they all tell you the same story or did they have different reasons? Um, I think, at, you know, the, the, the prospect of a 30 to 40% um, you know, jump in, in salary is obviously a big motivator. Um, at the time and over the last couple of years, there's been a narrative that uh, New Zealand is just becoming too expensive to live. And there's there's definitely uh, a lot of truth behind that. Um, and Australia was also seen, though, as an opportunity to get on the property ladder um, uh, to access a particular lifestyle. I, I think that 
that part is proving to be less true. And, uh, we, you know, we've been able to close the gap um, uh, on the salary front. And uh, those two things have slowed things down. Right. Uh, but we, we still have, uh, you know, work to do. Did you consider, as others have, just upping sticks entirely, just relocating the studio, relocating the business? Yeah, I mean, that was something that realistically we, we had to look at when, you know, we're facing losing that much, uh, senior talent, um, and, and that not changing. Uh, we, we did look at moving our whole studio across that would have been worth, you know, many millions of dollars, uh, annually for us, uh, in terms of rebates that we could claim there. Um, but I think you know where we're at now. We're we're sort of happy to uh, to sit here. We're not planning big expansion in New Zealand at the moment on the basis of uh, of of what the the rebate here unlocks for us. Um, but uh, you know, for now, uh, ourselves and I know other studios um, are, are a little bit more content in New Zealand, and okay. uh, you know that's great news. Okay, thank you, Mario. Stay with us. Carl Leduc, as I mentioned, is chair of the New Zealand Game Developers Association. Can you give us the overview, Carl? How much has been lost since the Aussies brought in this sucker punch of the 45% rebate? Yeah, so uh, definitely over COVID, there was um, you know there was a bit of a boom globally with the games industry. But um, yeah, as as you mentioned at the beginning, there was a seven percent growth last year compared to forty seven percent the year before. Um, so last year, our industry earned four hundred thirty four million uh, annually, uh, and that's after the the seven percent growth. But one thing just worth noting is those stats are end of the financial year uh, twenty. 22, which ended um, you know, April last year. So um, even with the GDSR being introduced last year, it's going to take a few years probably before the you know, results of that are really shown. Uh, but I think from an optics perspective, uh, the game studios knowing that they are being re- represented uh, at the cabinet level with the GDSR is definitely op- optimistic and has yeah, made, made people uh, feel like the, them investing in the sector uh, locally in New Zealand is is a benefit to them. So that, that has definitely helped with the um, the morale over the last year. The uh, pandemic sort of threw things, really, because everyone started behaving strangely because they were locked in their houses. So I'm sure there was a massive kind of uh, bubble that, that has retreated. But if you could go back a little further and just give us an indication of the growth in the industry globally and what the potential is how do you describe that to people um i think one thing that i always uh, go back to is is comparing ourselves to to finland as a game sector who who return um over six billion annually and they have a similar sized sector to ours and it really kind of looks to the opportunity that could emerge to the new zealand game sector over time, um, I think the the global games industry is around 245 billion, um, and that's growing year on year, and um, you know, in all sorts of different directions. Just the definition of a game, the kinds of platforms that are emerging that use games, uh, different, uh, you know, a growing population of the world that are more comfortable playing games, including in New Zealand. I think it's in the 90 percent now of um, of people that play games on a, um, on a regular basis. Um, and, and so I think there's just so much opportunity and, and so many emerging uh, technologies that, that New Zealand is a great 
in a great position to leverage from uh, the skills that we have here from a technological standpoint, from a access to the internet and you know, fast internet speeds to our creative potential and having important stories to tell and just having the creative skills needed to, to develop uh, games that can compete on a global level. Uh, interesting you talk about Finland. I think it's population similar to ours. Six billion is the revenue. How does that compare with, with revenue here for the same sector? So we uh, last year made four hundred thirty-four million, right. um, and so we are on our, our road to to yeah. one billion. Over the last five years, we grew at a twenty-five percent rate. So yeah. uh, we are we are looking for that, that cracking that one billion in um, in revenue. Uh, so just saying, I, I think of Finland is one of those high tax Nordic countries. Um, what's been their secret? Have they just um, always been ahead of the curve on, on some of the tech sector? Um, industries. Yeah. So, from what what I understand, uh, about a decade ago, um, they, you know, I, I think their um, the way that the government viewed technology at an early stage and games as a sector, um, they they really leveraged it. I think they had similar uh, schemes, similar to Callahan Innovation, um, that that could kind of be compared to in New Zealand of of how to support early stage um, uh, tech technological and, and research and development type projects. And I think they just saw early success with studios uh, such as Supercell, Rovio, that made globe, like you know, massive global mobile hits. And I think it just it grew from there. Once the opportunity was seen, they, they really leveraged it and, and leaned into it. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely, I think, still more research and more lessons we could probably learn from their journey over the last decade. How... Um how is the, is the whole sector changing? It's funny, people probably who aren't gamers will have a set, you know, they'll have Fortnite or they'll have, going back, Grand Theft Auto, whatever, um, mm-hmm. as their vision of this. Uh, but but the sector has revolutionised um, and gone way beyond some of those traditional or, or better known um, brands and, and products. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking now with the, the Apple Vision Pro that everyone's going nuts over, um, uh, finally mm-hmm. looking like we might be sort of cracking somewhere with the AR, VR um, opportunities. Yeah. Where, where, where would you say we, we sit? What do we mainly produce? Just good software um, for, 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 for standard com- computers or, or devices? How, how um, sophisticated are things getting, Carl? Yeah, so I mean, there's a number of studios, you know, like Pickpock, for example, um, have you know mastered the the, the mobile games um, uh, kind of pipeline, and and you know they've they've ventured into other platforms as well. But there's some you know young studios that are straight out of university that are really passionate about spatial computing and AR VR that are looking at developing products on the Apple Vision Pro. I think that's a that's a whole emerging market that we don't really know what the size of the overall how how much of the overall industry it's going to to take but um i think it it you know the the industry is so large that you can have you can have studios that invest um you know in different genres of games you know there's you know the horror games there's casual games there's sports games there's um uh, you know action adventure fantasy and different studios really specialize in you know what their where their passion is um you know a44 games which is another studio based in wellington for example they're releasing a game this year called flintlock siege of dawn and that's a you know an action rpg um it's a you know a, a game that's that's going to compete with some some massive titles being released globally and you know that's very different to uh, a, a mobile uh, game studio such as Dinosaur Polo Club that 
um, or they're not just mobile anymore, but their their title, Mini Metro and Mini Motorways, um, they they have a very completely different style, different theme, different audience that they target. And I think that's just something worth noting is that within the games industry, there's so many different audiences that cater to different games. Runway okay. Play, which is... I'm um, going to give you one yeah, minute for your wish list going forward. I know there's a real uh, little concentration um, of, of, of very serious talent in the capital, and God knows it needs... Uh, that and won't want to lose it. So whether it's Wellington or anywhere else in the country, what's going to stop some of these businesses either upping sticks or doing perhaps what I think um, Pickpock is starting to do, which is looking to build quite significant offshore bases? What is your quick fire to try and support this industry or to, to enable this industry to, to realise its potential and to do it here, Carl? Absolutely, I think uh, continuing to put pressure on the on the GDSR and showing the the benefits early on to try and and, and raise that twenty percent um, tax rebate um, to a higher limit that maybe competes closer with Australia. That's one angle. Um, just getting more dollars, uh, more cents per dollar into the pockets of game studios. But also from a, the other end of the spectrum, when it comes to the ecosystem, associations like Code that offer early stage funding to studios that help develop. IP that is um, owned and operated in New Zealand, that's an incredible part of the ecosystem to train up the next generation of studios to to be invested in the New Zealand sector. Um, and then another aspect is senior talent, um, but that the GDSR, I think, is going to help bring in senior talent from overseas to, to, to bring more of the senior talent that I think is one of the big challenges at um, the moment. Thank you, Carl. So yeah. Cheers, yeah. Carla, Thank and thanks also to Mario Winans.